0: Welcome to episode number 35 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Anne Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I have a wonderful conversation recorded with Brittany Lane Robinson-Kolb, who is a fellow advanced practice nurse. Brittany is a CRNA and also is a uh, weight loss coach certified by the Life Coach School like I am. She runs a weight loss coaching practice that's called Weight Loss by Brittany, and in addition, she is the host of the busy, uh, uh, Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms podcast, which is available on Apple. And I brought Brittany on because I really wanted to explore with her, her version of living the good life. And we do that in this episode. We talk about what her version of the good life is, and we talk about using business as a vehicle. And we talk particularly about some of Brittany's strengths, which include being a relator and an achiever. And as many of you know, if you've worked with me in the the past or are working with me right now, I have all of my clients complete a Clifton Strengths assessment so that I can understand at a deeper level, really what drives and motivates them and then use that to our advantage, right? Because I think if you know a little bit more about about yourself, you can then take those things and use them to your advantage out in the world to do good work, and also then I think to you know uh, create a, a a fucking amazing life, right? So, and Brittany's a great example of that. So in this podcast, we talk about business, and we talk about business as a vehicle for you know creating the version of the good life, but we also you know talk a little bit about the other things that that really have change the industry of food and and the narrative around that many of us have around food of some of the thoughts that come up like, you know, oh, I should be able to, you know, walk past the chip aisle and, and not have it affect me or, oh, I, I should be able to control my weight. And we really dive into the element of behavioral science and how food is manufactured in a way to influence our decision making and really encourage us to buy more. And so this conversation was uh, so rich in terms of some of the things that we chatted about, and I hope that you will enjoy it. I encourage you to look up Brittany and uh, her information will be in the show notes. I, she dropped some wonderful pearls here and uh, just a pleasure to talk with her. And um, I think that they just hit that uh, her clients are up to 500 pounds lost. So uh, so if you are like, does this really work? I'm going to tell you something, it does. And she's got the results to, uh, to to prove it. So so sit down, grab a cup of coffee. Maybe you're in the car and on a long drive or taking kids to soccer practice and you've got your earpods in. And uh, I uh, hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did recording it with her. So without further delay, welcome to Brittany Cole. Hi, Brittany. I'm so excited you're here. Okay. Hi. Okay. So everybody, this is so exciting because, you know, I work with a lot of people who I just love to highlight and I love to have conversations with. And Brittany is one of those people. And um, so I asked her to come on the podcast today to talk about version of living the good life. So thank you for coming on. And you are, when we say busy, you are running a tight schedule and a tight ship. And so I appreciate you taking some time and carving it out and coming on here and talking about your version of living the good life. So thank you for being here. I want, I would love if you would start, just introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about you. Um, and, um, and just a little bit of your background.
1: Okay. Well, and thank you so much for having me. I've I'm so glad to be here. So yeah, my name is Brittany Cole. I am a certified life and weight loss coach, and I have a certified life and weight loss coaching practice that Ann is helping me build in the version of living the good life. Um, And I'm also a nurse anesthetist by background. Mm -hmm. So,
0: How long have you been a CRNA?
1: I graduated in, I started in 2014. And Mm -hmm.
0: When did you, when did you do coach training?
1: That was, uh, summer of 2021 last year,
0: summer of 2021. Okay. Mm -hmm. And why did you do coach training? Like, why did you, why did you start this business?
1: Okay. So I have struggled with my weight, like my whole life, whole life. It's been like, go on a diet, you know, get like my weight will get out of control you know, I'd be in a place where I wouldn't be really happy with myself. My clothes wouldn't be fitting comfortably. I'd have to like go up in a scrub size or something. And I would like rein it back in. I'd go on Weight Watchers and like lose the weight, get back to like a like a a you know a healthy weight for my body. And, and all of a sudden, it's just like I noticed myself in this cycle and it got really bad during COVID. Like COVID, like I just, I mean, it was like the scale was just like not even there. I didn't even want to know what the number was. I was supporting all the local businesses. I was like justifying overeating and eating tons of food that weren't really that wasn't really serving my body. And I got to like my pinnacle weight. And I was like, and I got to one of those points where I was like, I have got to figure this out. Like, I've got to figure this out because I am not going to be entering late adulthood or, you know, be retired and still be going on and off diets. I was like, so this time I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out once and for all. And so then I was introduced to coaching. I started listening to this podcast, Katrina Ubell, um, Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. And I was like, oh, man. And she introduces some coaching concepts there. And so I kind of started applying those to myself. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really it. Because like, the real problem is that I was an emotional eater. The real problem is that I used food to help me feel better. And I once I started figuring that out, and I was able to handle weight loss on my own and figure out the whole weight loss puzzle piece on my own. I was like, I want to understand this on a deeper level. I now want to be able to help other people. I'm like, well, I figured this out. I'm like, I can help other people figure this out. But I knew that I needed to go to coaching to the life coach school and do the coach training. So I could really understand, um, coaching piece on like a, d- a deeper level and so I could help apply that piece to my clients moving forward because like for me it was like I mean I don't know and do you know anybody that like is constantly thinking about food and constantly thinking about their weight and is on and off diets all the time and just like struggling
0: oh god yeah that was me for right? so many years yeah of course right. I think all I think many of us
1: go through it I mean right like you know. and what's amazing is like I figured out a way to help those people. Yeah. <laughs> like I can, I can, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I just love that. And I think I, I love the idea of being able to help another person figure out the why behind what is going on for them and find a solution and move it forward. And I think it's, it honestly, it speaks to like my number one Clifton strength, which is Relator. I love helping people move, like work together to reach a common goal. And so it made perfect sense to me I think after working with you I was like no wonder I want to do this so badly cuz I find so much joy and so much fun and so much like honestly part of it is like living the good life like spending every day and the hours that I spend coaching helping people move forward get out of that cycle that spin cycle of diet and off a diet and on a diet and and wanting the food walking in the break room and being like oh no somebody brought in donuts and I really really want a donut and like figuring out how to decrease that desire Mm -hmm. and get yourself to a place where now like I so much more of my mental energy is freed up now because I'm not thinking about food all the time. And I'm not thinking about how I'm going to maintain my weight. And I'm not thinking about if I'm going to be able to fit into a dress for an upcoming event or what I'm going to look like in a bikini when I go on vacation. It's just like, I'm so grounded in all that. And I just love being able to provide that for my clients. And so that's like a really long winded answer, but that's why I went. That's where, like, that was my backstory. That's why I went the coaching route. That's why I got certified, and that's why I started this business. Because so I was like, I can, I can help other people do this, hundred percent. And I do. Why, why did you choose Life Coach School? The Life Coach School training, honestly, <laughs> like it was like once I found out, like where Katrina was um, trained. Mm-hmm. And once I found out also like Karen Crabtree where she was trained and it's like, I didn't even look into any other, any other coaching programs because I, and I started to listen to like Brooke Castillo and like, and I was like, okay, I see. And I really liked what I really liked about the Life Coach School was the utilization of the model, mm-hmm. utilization of like the, and if you guys follow Ann, then and you work with her you know and you coach with her you know exactly what that is but it's like the understanding that like your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings drive your actions which give you your results but we have to deal with the thoughts in order to get different results for ourselves and i think it's such a clean it's it it makes so much sense and you can tra- you can tackle almost any problem utilizing the model so i think getting a deeper connection and a deeper understanding of that was crucial I also think that um, the the methodology behind like what um, they teach in the life coach school and the 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 way that you kind of approach eating I think makes perfect sense and it is totally it's just it just makes perfect sense and it's like it, that's what's helped me, and that's what's helped my clients now is like kind of like adopting that way to approach food for the long-term. And, you know, you obviously went through the life coach school too. And like, they bring in so many, it's not just about food. Like we deal with the food Mm. stuff and like, that's fine. It's like all the baggage that goes into it. And like, the reason you want to like eat or overeat for some reason is, you know, sometimes you're like pissed off at your spouse. I'm like, well, how about we like, let's like figure out why you're pissed off at your spouse or like you're pissed off at your kids. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, well, let's figure out like what's going on there, and like maybe we can like maybe we can also like have you like think differently about your spouse or think differently about your fans. so like you can just feel better in general. Or like you know you're pissed off about like whatever happened in the OR or whatever happened at work, or you know and, like we can we can also adjust the way we think about those things and kind of look at what we're thinking and like see if that really serves you. So really, it's not just about food; it's about like your whole life everything about your life. And because it's not just, like, that's just like one tiny little piece. And the, in the life coach school, they go into so many other pieces, like manuals and boundaries and unconditional love. And it's just, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, go on ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no. I, I wonder if, you know, your achiever, because I think you're relator one and achiever two, aren't you? Yeah. And then, do you remember what three is?
1: Focus. Oh, yeah. It's some sort of it, the two and three were achiever and focus. And I don't remember what order, which is why oh, I have, oh, a, it up. which is why I have a tremendous amount of stamina when it comes yeah. to like <laughs> taking time to create, you know, useful things for my clients and, you know, working yeah. with them and figuring out yeah. how I can help them further.
0: Yeah. You're a relator, achiever, and three is focus and you lead with executing, which, you know. And I, and I wonder if sometimes you're like, I wonder if for your brain, because you can execute on the model, right. If, and I'm an executor too, right. And so mm-hmm. I and an achiever too. And so I wonder if for those of us with this kind of brain, we see the model and use it. And it feels like you said, it feels really clean and it feels like a formula. And one of the things I get really excited about it is that with a formula, I can reverse engineer it. Mm -hmm. And that feels like winning to me, right? Like that feels like, oh, so you want to create a business that has 200 grand in revenue in the R line. Okay. What do we have to, you know, what do you have to do in order to, to create that result? What do you have to feel in order to, to take that, to be inspired, to take that kind of action? We have to think in order to feel that way in your body. And so I feel like it's like, you know, and I think when we apply it to food, it becomes this opportunity to say, but what if you wanted to have like, okay, so we can, you know, we can manage all of our minds and, and up and approach, you know, overeating or over desire or using food as a coping mechanism. We can do that certainly. And I feel like the other fucking win is, oh, I could actually take this and say, if I want to put in the R line that I am, um, you know, that I, my my art, my result that I desire is that I would desire to walk around in a, a body that I love. Right, I yeah. desire. Right, like I, I want to. I, I desire to have a body that's that's tri- that's lean and trim, and and provides me with the stamina to go walk four or five miles like if I can put that in the R line and then I'm just like, Oh my God, that's winning. Like that feels like, it's like unlocking a secret. It feels like I'm being given the keys to the universe. Like that's what I, that's what I felt like when we, when I did um, CCP or, you know, coach certification program through life, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like somebody's giving me the keys and I just mm-hmm. felt like very, like I wasn't in the party. <laughs> like I didn't have a like, ticket to get in the party. Do you know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. couldn't access that. So I think it's um, I think it's phenomenal. I wonder if this just plays your strengths. I wonder, do you? I wanna, I want you to to um, uh, answer this. Do you find the same satisfaction in the in the operating room or like when you do your work as a CRNA? Like, what are the elements that are there?
1: I mean, that's like such a great question. I think that's part of the reason why I was like craving something more, mm-hmm. honestly. Cause I, so I'll listen, any, if any of my coworkers listen to this podcast, they need to understand. And I say this all the time. I'm like, I love my job. I have one of the best anesthesia jobs in like where my, my location is in Virginia. Like it is the best. I work with the best surgeons. I have like the, the OR staff is amazing. Everything. The facility is amazing. It's so great, but Mm -hmm. I think it was like I, I looked at it and I was like, and I was like, listen, I have like I feel so strange saying this, but like I I have an amazing job. I have a retirement job, and I'm 37, and I was like, am I gonna do this for 30 more years and like be? as jazzed about it. Like I'm going to need to find like, I'm going to like need to find different joy and different satisfaction. Cause I love my job. I love the people I work with. I love taking care of these patients, but I was also like, I think I also crave, and maybe this is like with my strengths, I'm not sure, but I just, I crave new challenges. I crave. I think new- that's your achiever.
0: I think your achiever yeah. is like, I got good. Like set me up in the OR give me all my endoscopies or whatever, you know, procedure you're doing. And you're like, I'll run this OR with my, you know, with my eyes closed, my hands side, my, head. like, right. Like you've achieved. And I think that for the achiever, it's like, of course you get good. And then you're itching. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't just do this for 30 years.
1: I mean, I, like, even I though it's amazing, but and it's like, yeah, yeah there's course. gotta be more. Yes, yeah,
0: exactly. There's gotta be some more. And so I, I, I think it's not surprising that you get to a point where you're
1: satisfied, you're like, all mm-hmm. right, I did that. Now what? Yeah, exactly. It's like, next. it's like, okay, well, wow, I actually like landed my dream job like eight years out of anesthesia school. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a dream schedule. I have dream coworkers. I have a dream, like a dream work situation. It's like, wow, okay, what's next?
0: Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's so typical for the achiever, but it's not surprising at all. And I think too the um, you know, I wonder if you look if there are other things in your life where you're like, oh yeah, like, you know, sometimes that happens with um, maybe it's friendships or, or it happens with like, you know, whatever challenge it is. And I wonder if for you, even looking at weight loss from that perspective is like, oh yeah, like I need, like, I wanted to achieve at maintaining a healthy body weight. I wanted to achieve and not feeling like I was a victim to, you know, food. Like I was like, there was something outside of me controlling, you know, mm-hmm. food. And I think of that sometimes, and I, I know, you know, I, I, you know, you and I both, I think agree. The uh, right model and our thoughts creating our behaviors, and I think at the same time we cannot have that kind of conversation without also uh, without also understanding the nature of the business that is the food industry and the realities of what gets added to food and the ways in which you know crunchiness is enhanced in order to support creating desirability mm-hmm. and right and people like you know, creating that experience for them so that they then come back and want more and, 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 and playing around. Like, I think of like the whole, remember when Alestra came out and it was like, (laughs) you know, like, Oh, have these chips are going to taste so good. You might just crap your pants, but like, Oh, well, right. Like, Mm -hmm. right. And, and that whole idea of we're going to allow you to eat something so that you can eat more of it. And there's going to be, it's a different kind of fat. Your body cannot process it but mm-hmm. you won't gain, you won't gain as much weight, but we're going to, we're just going to hope that we can play with the ingredients and the, the physical structure of the fat so that you can continue to indulge more,
1: mm-hmm. and build,
0: build more desire mm-hmm. for, for chips for fucking chips.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, yeah. Yeah. It's so many people, so many of my clients are just like, they're like, what is wrong with me i'm broken yeah. and i'm like i'm like no 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 mm. back the no absolutely not we're not going there like the system is set up <laughs> to get you addicted to chips to get you addicted to sugar to get you addicted to refined carbohydrates and and it's coupled with the fact that you know you have a perfectly functioning normal human brain that has like that is wired to want those things to want delicious things to want like super sugary super sweet super heavy things and like it's like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with you it's just that this has been backlogged into your primitive brain and it is it has hijacked you for no it, no fault of your own it's just we have to gain authority over that piece we have to be in control of that food but all of the odds are stacked against us i mean look in the grocery stores look at everything like every look at the commercials it's like constant it's constant bombardment of like you should be able to you a like should be able to be eating like a snickers bar at 3 p.m. every day or you're going to be hangry you know like i mean it's so multifactorial marketing and like and p- product development and Um, I mean, food expectations. Yeah.
0: And like behavioral scientists, like don't underestimate Mm -hmm. the fact that, right. Like if you go out and you hire somebody, right. Whether it's Brittany or you hire a coach or you hire, you go to therapy or whatever, you're hiring somebody to support you with behavioral science interventions to help you see your brain, manage it a little bit better, understand what's going on, get some ability to process and don't underestimate the fact that we are working with companies and, and purchasing from companies who have teams of behavioral scientists who are trying to, uh, and I, it sounds so like, it sounds so like terrible, like, like the system is against us, but, and mm. I, and, and, and I, and I think there's elements of it. I mean, it may not mm-hmm. be in this like you, you, dystopian world or whatever, but I think there's elements of it, which is like, don't underestimate the fact that Frito-Lay invests probably millions of dollars every year to make sure that they are playing with the emotional center of your brain right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's through their advertising or through the way that, that those chips are designed, I like, don't, let's not, let's not like, let's not call spade a spade.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, one up, even with that, like a lot of these companies, these big food manufacturing companies, they're also invested in insurance companies, Mm -hmm. in health insurance companies. It's all such bullshit. That's
0: fascinating, actually. I don't think I knew that, but I, I'm, I guess yeah. I'm not surprised, right? Like, I mean, and we talk about, I think one of the, I learned a couple things in business school uh, and one of them that I, that my dad impressed upon me at a very early age was that was reiterated in, in business school was follow the money, like always follow the mm-hmm. money. Like if you ever want to understand what drives businesses, you ever want to understand you know, the healthcare system, you know, why decisions are made the way that they are, follow the money and see where it goes. And Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course, if you're, you know, if you're a large company, you can probably not only be able to take food and manipulate it in a way that becomes the most desirable it could be. And on the backside, then say, oh yeah, we're also going to invest in, you know, the programs that are going to, that are going to need to be used because of the outcome that these products create.
1: Yeah. Or maybe it's the opposite. I don't know. I, my, uh, sister coaches with me as well. And she, she's the one it was, it was, the movie is fed up, I think. So maybe it's the opposite. Maybe insurance companies invest in, I don't know. There's some, there's some connection between the two and it, and it doesn't seem to make a lot of like, it's like ethically questionable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And I, Uh, I completely agree. Yes. And they're, they're, I mean, that's kind of like getting into all, it's like the Monsanto's of the world and like all of these big manufacturers who I think are way more, you know, whether it's, whether it's their, you know, being a corn company or, and then having, you know, the lobbyists for corn and, and having Mm -hmm. that drive, you know, whether or not we subsidize, you know, farmers and what crops we subsidize. And um, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many links that I think the average consumer who goes to buy and it's not Frito-Lay it's Oreo. It's any of the, you know, it's the sweet and salty kettle corn chips. It's whatever it's all of these. Right. But don't underestimate that there is probably on some of these bigger companies, there's bigger stories there, um, Mm -hmm. bigger motives, bigger incentives. And right. And, and so I think for us, it always comes down to, well, What choices do you want to make? What do you want to put in your body? What do you want to support? What do you want to, Mm -hmm. right? Like, are you willing? Are you going into it knowing that your experience has been manipulated by you know people in a lab who does who want to create over desire in you? Yeah, right. And are you comfortable? Right? Like, are you comfortable and engaging in that system? Like, look, I'm. I just bought two bags (laughs) of the grocery store the weekend. I did taste for salt and vinegar chips. I had a joy, I was like, yeah, I'm having my salt and vinegar chips and I bought a cracked black pepper. And I was like, yeah, I do that. I don't know. Once every six, eight weeks, I like a bag of chips. So I'm not, I invest, I get it. Like I, I sometimes invest in the system. So I'm not Mm -hmm. here to, to, you know, act like I don't, but I, I just think it's fascinating when we get into it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you say,
1: oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no,
0: go, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, didn't you say dopamine nation was a really good book?
0: Oh my God. It's fantastic. I mean, it you
1: to all of this,
0: all of this, I mean, oh, if you want to yeah. talk about desire and driving desire and over desire, which I think we understand, you know, Brooke does uh, life coach school does, I think so much teaching on over desire, which I think is mm-hmm. fascinating. Cause if you're talking about alcohol, you're talking about, you know, um, gummies, you know, marijuana gummies, you're talking about, um, Netflix, you're talking about red wine, having a glass, versus. I mean, all of it. I think it's fascinating, but dopamine ma- nation really talks about, um, you know, the, the over desirability that comes in the pain, pleasure balance. And just, it's fascinating from, I even, I was in the airport coming home from Vegas, actually. And this woman, I had come through TSA. I was, I came through pre-tech, my colleague was in the other line. And so it took her a little longer to come through. And so I'm standing there waiting. Right. And this woman comes along and she's like, you know, she had to like take off her, her belt, you know, all the things, right? And so, and then her, so as she's redressing after she's gone through security, she she opens up her suitcase and right there is nation, And I was like, oh my God, did you read that? It came out of my mouth before I could even censor mm-hmm. myself to be like, you don't know this woman, you're in the airport. She doesn't give a fuck probably about what you, she, she just wants to redress. But I was like, oh my God, did you read that? And she goes, isn't it fascinating? And I was like, it's amazing. <laughs> she never <not laughs> this quick conversation. I said, what do you do? She said, well, I'm a, uh, a social worker. And I, you know, and I, I work with clients. She said, this is amazing. I said, I think it's amazing too. I was like, it's so crazy on that, that pain pleasure balance. But anyways, mm-hmm. side, no. Huh.
1: no, I mean, I think that's going to be like, I have so many books to read. It's insane at this point, but I, I'm going to probably put that one at the top of my list because yeah, I mean, that's so much of what I work with my clients on is like, we have this, like, <laughs> This, man, this like manufactured, like almost implanted, like, you know, matrix style type over desire that's been like plugged into our brains. And it's like, and you, you feel like you don't have any control over food. And it's like, how do we, how do we get that control back? Right. When yeah. like all of the odds are stacked against us, not only these companies, but like your parents pushing food on you your coworkers like coming and being like what you're not going to have this cookie what what the heck like you know like every it comes at you from so many different places that we should be like eating and overeating all the time and it it, it no wonder yeah. no wonder I, we were driving
0: down to the guardians game there was a big sign for a big gulp and i was like man like every, you know, it's so insidious. And I agree with you. And I think too, for people who are listening, if you can't, if you don't relate to the food and over desire of food, which some of us do and some of us don't think mm-hmm. about your phone, the next, the next like viable options to think about your phone, the desirability, right. That you have to go and check Facebook, the desirability, like the urge that you feel to go and check Facebook, to go and check Instagram, to see how many likes you have to um, like, consider your phone as kind of the another vehicle, um, or muse, so to speak for kind of this play on desirability and just, and how our brains are subject to these devices that are created in a way to really support their use. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and we're, we end up right. Being essentially a pawn in that game. And I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, I think it's just interesting when you start to learn some of these tools about how to, how to see your brain and how to learn to outsmart it. And then to see, like, oh shit, how interesting. Mm-hmm. My, I'm attached to my phone, right? Like I'm like all of these things that come into play. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Did you see social dilemma? No. The documentary? That documentary.
0: Like? <laughs> it's no, about it. I don't think I don't think I did because I was like, shit, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Well, it's, it's it it explains why, like, again, you talk about behavioral scientists, you talk about people that like they have algorithms on Facebook that keep you scrolling. It's like, oh, it looks like it's like it, it It shows like you as like an avatar, you know, looking at your phone and it's like, oh, wait, like, you know, she's going to like, and it's like you put your phone down and all of a sudden you hear like a ding. It's like, no, she put her phone down. We need to like give her a notification that like somebody broke up with somebody or, you know, we need to give her a notification that somebody liked her stuff. And it's like, there's algorithms in Facebook that keep you on there, that keep you scrolling, that keep you moving. And, and like to keep you hooked to your phone, right. Yeah, it's not I, just, it's yeah, so I was, crazy. I was
0: on the verge of buying, a. I uh, I was looking at it like two two $275 dress the other day. I have no functions coming up that I'm going to, I have no, you know, wedding or like any place that, I, but somehow I was literally scrolling, saw this mm-hmm. like cute dress and I was like, "Oh, this looks cute." Click on it, and then I'm looking through the pictures, and I find another dress that I think is super cute. And before I know it, there's ten minutes,
1: mm-hmm. ten mm-hmm. minutes, and I'm and maybe about- you spent three hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> I'm, cons- I'm even considering a purchase on a dress that I don't really need. I mean, mm-hmm. I think when you start to step back, and you're like, "Wow, that's fascinating." That that's, you know, that's that's the beauty of the human brain. And and I think right again, the key for me is always that is what it can do what could it do if we're willing to exert you know control over like having ownership and accountability to like like what could that look like
1: mm-hmm. right yeah. like,
0: like you know with, it's like with food like what could it feel like to be the person who's like i walk right past the chip aisle and it's not a fucking problem for me
1: yes that's exactly like, what i help people yeah, achieve exactly, and that's right? exactly that's you, like yeah. yeah
0: like the mm-hmm. coworker who's like we're getting thai food tonight you're not going to order and being the person who's very comfortable, who's not like in this throat, like in this like huge brain overwhelm of urge around like, oh my God, I'm going to miss out on Thai food. I used to do this all the time mm-hmm. uh, with, t- you know, with takeout and ordering and, and just to be that person who can sit there very comfortably. I mean, I think what, I think the service that you offer is on, um, is amazing. Cause it, I think it gives us some control where again, our a lot of messaging would have us think like we have no control we did it wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we like, right. Like the the narrative. There's something wrong. wrong
1: with you. Right. Like wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that There's whole like, narrative,
0: right. Of like, here's the big gulp and go eat the chips. But like, don't forget, you got to really maintain your body and make sure that, you know, you have a nice hip to weight ratio so that you can balance yourself on a set of heels and look good for, you know, men in society.
1: Mm. Yeah. Right. Tell me,
0: tell me what, (laughs) um, you know, I could I could get on my soapbox and then we would have a podcast that was about, you know, more about the patriarchy, which we'll do at some point, but you know, well, we do that most podcast episodes, but, um, (laughs) but anyways,
1: um,
0: tell me, tell me what your version of living the good life is. What does that mean to you?
1: Um, You always ask me this and I'm like, Hmm. I think the most important thing to me is stewardship of, um, when it comes to just my life, independent of work and anything else, I think like stewardship of my time is really important. Like I like to know, like I like to be in charge of what my time is, like what I decide to do with my time, what Like, because time, because for me, availability of time, I think gives me freedom to do what I really want and like what is really important to me. So, you know, I dropped some anesthesia time so I could do more work with my clients and my business. You know, like I get to now steward more of my time so I can do more of what I really love, which is like, like helping people achieve this goal of permanent weight loss and gaining control around food. I also like the piece of like stewarding my time and having um, is just like, I I get, you know, the, the time that I get with my son, the time that I get with my husband to create, you know, meaningful memories and wonderful connection, but also time that I like to have on my own to like go to the garden or go for a walk or read a book. Or I think, for some reason, time has always been really, really important to me. I think it's like a love language of mine. I think it's just like it's like being able to steward my own time. I remember being in the OR. like This is before my current job. I was in a call-taking position in the OR. And I hated not having control over my time. I hated being like, I'm on call. I have no idea when I'm going to get out. And even if I do get out, I have no idea if I'm going to have to come in and do a cranny or do a fucking aneurysm clipping or if I, and if I'm going to even sleep tonight. Like I love the fact that I have like more control over that now Um, because I think honestly, it just gives me a lot more freedom to do whatever I want. Like I'm not, I'm not like a fancy person and like, I don't, I mean, I do like going on nice vacations. Like that's part of living the good life too. I like, and that's like fun, but I don't, if you, if you came and like looked at my wardrobe, you'd be like, okay, like I'm like a very basic person. I don't like wear like super duper nice clothes. That's not really important to me. Like I don't drive like a super, super nice car. I have like a very basic generic car. Like none of that's that important to me. Like what's important to me is like, honestly, like time and being able to decide what I want to do with it. And like me being able to spend time with you and like coach with you, like, like, this version of living the good life like i'm now here's another thing it's like i love spending time working on my brain i love spending time growing emotionally i love spending time growing like with like self development and professional growth like it's so great cuz i feel so much better i feel so much grounded in my whole life like wait like when things bug me and like, I have like things I'm spinning in an emotional childhood. I'm like, okay, it's time for me to go get my ass coached on that because I, I don't want to be thinking about this and feeling this way anymore. And it's not really serving me to like, you know, it's like, so either I self-coach or I, or I go to a coach because I'm, I'm in the life coach school, like as you are too, just, you know, mm-hmm. we bring that to coaching, we figure it out. I bring it to you and you figure it out. So I love that. Like, I love that I'm, I'm like right now, I get the opportunity right now to keep growing to keep to keep developing relationships to keep like my relationship with my hu- husband is stronger than it's ever been i feel more grounded as a mother than i ever have been um i'm i'm getting so much more intentional about like you know friendships in my life and you know, figuring out like which people i really really want to be spending time with and it's it's just like it's like it, there's whole shift it's like this whole coaching shift. It's like who you become now. This is this is our life, right? And you want to feel like you want to you want to everyone wants to feel better, but like you really do want to feel better. And like this whole journey has helped me truly feel so much better and so much more grounded than ever before. And I think that is one of the best gifts that coaching has ever given me and has, and that piece of it is like, that's the good life. Like I love, I love being able to sit on my balcony, which I can see over here and like have an hour and like read a book. Like that's the good life to me. So great. I know I'm so basic. (laughs) You're like, Oh, I I, thought you were going to
0: say something else. I'm like, no, I'm just like, that's like really it. It's really simple. No, I don't, I don't think it's basic. I think you could judge it that way. I think it's just, you get to choose kind of how you you know what restores you? What feels good? What feels meaningful? Yeah. And that's that's a beauty, right? It's not, you know. And I think I think we talked about this. I talked about this with um, I don't remember if it was Ebony. I think it was Ebony. Time we were talking about the difference between luxury and living the good life, and she was like, "I like luxury," and I was like, "Girl, I like luxury too." Absolutely. And, and you know, and there there are elements of that. And I think the other piece of it is, you know. How does it feel to be able to sit and, and watch you know, from your balcony? And I look out my window too, right? And I see the squirrels and the bunnies that come through the yard and I can see my peach tree from here and I can see when the leaves change. And I love that. I love that because mm-hmm. for many years I worked in a place where it felt like a fucking dungeon, right? Like it was, there was, I worked in a, the bowels of the hospital where there was no natural light. There were no windows. And so I love the opportunity to just be present with, Oh yeah, the seasons are changing. I can watch it when it starts to snow. I can see that. I like mm-hmm. that. Not mm-hmm. fancy. It's not a Gucci bag. Who gives a fuck? Like I don't. Right. And so yeah. that's, I think the key is to see what, you know, what helps me to feel like you said, more grounded, what helps me to feel like, you know, I'm present. What helps me to feel like I'm having relationships that are growing. They're not stagnant that are meaningful. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I, that's all, it's all dependent on, on who you, you know, kind of who you are and what you like and, mm-hmm. and what's important to you. Um, mm-hmm. t- why does business feel like a good fit for you? Cause I, and, and here's a question for you. Did you ever anticipate, like we had, you know, if I asked you maybe five or 10 years ago or something like that, would you ever say that you would start, would you be the person who started a business or a practice?
1: Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. I really don't like at the time you think about five or 10 years ago, I, I was in like the depths of anesthesia school. And like, I was focused on that and achieving that. No, I don't think so. I really don't. I don't know. I mean, trying to think, did I ever have like an entrepreneurial mindset? I mean, I will say I was a really, I was really good at selling Girl Scout cookies, like Mm. really, really good. Like I sold a lot of Girl Scout cookies so much so that I actually funded a trip to Europe to go to one of the world centers. Like oh my in God, high I school.
0: Love that. Of course yeah. you did. I'm
1: not,
0: <laughs> I'm not in the least bit surprised by that. You that
1: know, because bit. we because I sold Girl Scout cookies and we did bake sales and we like we figured it out. And our Girl Scout troop, you know, went to Europe and went to one of the world centers there. And it was awesome. Like, so I think maybe there is a little bit of like entrepreneurial spirit in the back of my brain, but I don't yeah. I mean, I I was it was so interesting. I was at the beach with my family and my sister, um, last two summers ago. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's been, it's like, it seems like eons ago, but it was actually just last year. And I was just like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to figure, like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. Like I already figured it out. So I'm going to now help other people. And it just became so clear to me that that's what I needed to do it was like, no, I just have to, I just have to make this, I'm going to make this investment. I'm going to do this. I'm going to invest my time that this is important to me. Like I, 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 it's like a switch. It's like something, a switch went off in my brain and I was like, "I'm. Mm-hmm. this is what I have to do. And so it's, it's interesting. I don't. Yeah. I think you become, especially with anesthesia school, but you become so hyper-focused and like, it is, it is rigorous that educational path, just like other, like nurse practitioner paths and medical school and all this stuff. Like it's, it's a rigorous program and it, so much so that like you can't work during it. Like, so you just kind of have to be like lasered, <laughs> lasered in on that. And I think that was always the goal, right? Like in high school, I knew I was going to go to nursing school and I knew I wanted to be a, a, go do anesthesia after working in the ICU. it's like, I knew that. So it was like, I always had this like long-term goal in the back of my brain. And then I think once I like, and then it was like, then the goal was like, get a great job. And then the goal was to like, get more control over my time. And then the goal was to like, okay, well, I I did all the goals. I have the best job and here I am. So yeah, my parents have always been in, like have had an entrepreneurial spirit too, but they aren't, they aren't in business. They aren't, they've never, they never did that. But I think it speaks so much to like, again, like I get to control my time in this. Mm-hmm. Like I get to decide when I want to coach and when I don't want to coach. I get to decide like, like who I work with and, you know, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Who it's, I, I wonder if, you know, being in business, right. Gives you endless, um, goals. Right. I mean, and as, right. I think I look at some of the, the business stuff that, you know, that I do now and that we work on. Right. And the idea of, whether it's Facebook ads or it's digital marketing or it's, you know, improving your systems and the, the operational flow, right. There's always something that mm-hmm. needs or could use more attention. There is, you know, what there, there's never a moment I feel like when it's just like things are honky dory in business. I really, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I've been in this for three years and I'm, and I like that. I like that. I, I like that the, I get to tinker and I get to just keep, right. Like I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to get to a point, I don't know, maybe this will change, but I don't think I'm going to get to a point where I'm ever like, oh yeah. Okay. We hit 500 grand and we're good. You're this just going to not- hang,
1: out here. Gonna hang <laughs> no. out here.
0: No, like I don't, th- I think there's just this, I love the opportunity. I mean, we talk about unlimited income earning potential and I love, you know, I love that idea that it could be possible. you Mm -hmm. can just keep tinkering. You can keep tinkering. You can use scientific method. You could just, you know, what works, what doesn't, what do I want to do differently next time? You can have a theory or a hypothesis and you can go to town on it. And there's just this, right. There's this constant iterating and tinkering. And I think for, you know, I think it's, it's a perfect vehicle for those of us who say now, what did that now? What Mm -hmm. is there? Business will give you an endless amount of opportunities to fix shit. (laughs)
1: yeah no, that's actually a really good point. It's just like it's like a it's like a passion project. It's like an endless passion project. And I think too, like as we like hone our craft and like I'm constantly looking for more like different opportunities to just be a better coach, like mm-hmm. doing additional, you know, maybe not even like certifications, but like master classes and 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 things like that, I'm like, huh, like I, let me let me let me think about like how could I learn more about this so I can help people? In like this way too. You know, like it's like it's kind of like continuing education for anesthesia, but instead it's a continuing education for you know this work instead. Yeah, and I perfect. love that because I can help people grow and I can help people get unstuck and I can help people move forward. And it's like, oh, this is this is so great.
0: Yeah. It's so, endless opportunity. And I think too for people if you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of understand that. Like I'm the person who, you know, like think of all the things you've done. I don't know if you ever, Brittany, I don't know if you ever did grand rounds presentations, or if you ever did something different in your career where maybe somebody else wasn't doing it. Or, or even just how you said like, oh yeah, I was in my first anesthesia job and I didn't have the control. I was on call. So I made a choice. I don't, I don't like this model. I have a, I prefer a different model, which gives me you know more time freedom so because i'm not on call and so you quit your first job you went and applied for a couple of jobs i'm sure you found this one that felt like the 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 method or the it's w- that way met your way and you're kind of it, it was aligned then mm-hmm. you said all right i'm out of the old job i'm into the new one and i think for i think for people who are listening i think if you consider if you look back at your own process or your own progress and say oh if I'm the person who gets up and, and, you know, isn't scared of doing grand rounds, or I'm not scared of leaving one job for the opportunity that it could be better, that it, I could have more, it would align better with me and the type of work I would like to do and the way that I like to do work. Mm-hmm. I think that's something so interesting to know. And I think those are the people who are a great fit for business, right? Cause they're like, oh yeah, like not right. And I would say you and I, and I, you know, I think, I think you'd agree that, you know, there's all sorts of fear that comes up in business, right? There's all sorts of things that make it hard to do business or that make it complicated or complex. And I think for some of us who are up for the challenge, it's a great fit, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh yeah. Challenge accepted challenge met. Mm-hmm. Next, now. Mm-hmm. What? Right. Um, and I think that's a good, it's a good thing to know about yourself. Like if you're the person who gets a little restless then you're probably the person who likes that challenge. And so finding a vehicle that can support really a challenge, like, you know, again and again and again, business is a great vehicle to do that. Being the owner of your own company, like, again, there's endless amounts of shit that comes up to deal with in a Mm. business.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well,
0: Right. Like I think of all the things, right. Like that it pulls out of you, it pulls out of you thinking about money and thinking about, you know, uh, continuous process improvement, being a service-based business and having, and, and being the person who can show up for clients and being the person who, right. becomes a marketer and who learns how to use copy in order or, you know, written word in order to support decision-making and to support mm-hmm. clients. I mean, it's like, shit, there's no shortage of learning that's going on for business
1: owners. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. And I think like when you, when you're like, when like putting in spinals isn't doing it for you anymore and like epidurals aren't doing it for you anymore and regional anesthesia and you're like, yeah, I sure. I mean, for some people, for like a lot, a lot of anesthesia providers, they just want to keep growing. They want to go to the next thing. They want to go to the, the hearts and they want to do the big neuro cases and they want to do these big open bellies and transplants and all that stuff. And that to them motivates their growth. Mm Mm-hmm. I am not motivated by that Mm -hmm. anymore, (laughs) right? But but there's like this deep passion too to like help people, right? So it's like, well, I don't want to learn to like help people by like figuring out how to put in central lines. Like I want to help people like heal their brain and their relationship with food and like make peace with that. Like I get Mm -hmm. to change lives in like a totally different way this way. And there's unlimited opportunities for growth within that which, yeah, I never actually thought about it that way, Anne, and I think it makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. What? Tell me this. What's one thing you wish you had known before getting into kind of this, you know, like this next wave of your career and developing a business?
1: What do I wish I would have known? Hmm. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. What do I wish I would have known? I don't know. Because I was going to say like, well, I wish I would have known about you, but I I, I snatched you up pretty early. I was like, oh, well, I'm definitely going to need Anne because like, that's just clear as day. Like I've, in order to grow this business, I'm going to need some help. Um, Yeah, I think... Honestly, I don't know because I feel like I've done a lot of things right. <laughs> like I, honestly, I really do, and I've done a lot of things wrong. And I don't regret doing the things that didn't work out in the name of helping me grow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that make sense? Like, yeah, every failure was an opportunity for growth. Every failure, every like, you know, <laughs> every blunder, every everything. It's like I don't even know. I, I'm often a person that like says I don't have any like regrets because I really am so intentional with almost everything I do. But what what do you wish you would have known before getting into this business? Let me let me flip it on you.
0: Well, I think it's what you were talking about earlier, which was like this: there's something wrong with me. You know, wh- whether we're talking about food and people who come to you and say, you know, what's wrong with me that I have no control over the chip aisle or over to you know, take out. And I think one of the things for me was that I've really over the past couple of years started to see very clearly is that narrative of there's something wrong or I didn't do it right. That very patriarchal kind of like inner narrative for me has been very strong. And so a lot, I, I, I didn't, when I got into this line of work, I didn't, I, I, I don't think again, it's, you don't know what you don't know but it, it really pushed me in a way of having deep faith in myself. And so I don't think I, I, and look, if somebody told me three or four or five years ago, like you're going to go out and build business. And the biggest struggle you will have is that you will question whether or not your ability and you will judge yourself and you will have moments where you, you know, uh, think, um, that you did it wrong. You beat yourself up. Like, you know, like, as if you were in a physical boxing match, and I and I don't think I would have appreciated that. I'd be like, no, I'd never do that to myself. But man, you get into a moment where change. There's a lot of change going on, and I think, or I should say, I got into a moment where there's a lot of change going on, lots of learning, lots of change, uh, lots of you know, developing new ways, and and that really kind of uh, pushed me in a way. And so I think for me, it's I wish I had known it was going to. It was going to require me to have more faith in myself because I think, I think I could have started to be onto that whole narrative a little bit earlier. I'm just mm. coming around to that now over the past year of being like, oh, wow, really beat myself up for being a business owner, created 55 grand of revenue in the first year of business. And
1: mm-hmm. for a long
0: time, I told myself that was terrible. And, mm. and now, I, right. And, and mm-hmm. it's just an interesting, you know, Right, expectations and just that whole, right. And I notice, uh, I think for a lot of clients too, we, if we're the high achievers of the world, we set big fucking goals, right. And then we go out and we do them. And that's what makes us, you know, that it's one of our strengths. And I think the other part of it is that when we don't hit those goals, sometimes people have kind of a mindset or stories like I did, and uh, which I work on every day of, oh, I'm not I'm right. Like I got to choose. I'm going to play in somebody else's game or I'm going to play my own game. And am mm-hmm. I going to choose to be myself up along the way? Like, I think that's the biggest part I've learned. Like, Oh, the, the whole, I wish I had known that I, it was gonna, I was going to need some more to rely more on my faith in myself and mm-hmm. not let a lot of those expectations or a lot of that old narrative of, you know, uh, really kick in. But mm-hmm. you know what? It's funny because had I known that I don't know if I would have believed it. I've been like, "Wow, fuck that!" Like, I do hard mm-hmm. things all the time, but man, yeah. this was one. This was one that I think it was
1: really challenging. Um, well, have you always had a business coach too?
0: Um, for most of the most of the time, yeah,
1: yeah. So I think I'm. I mean, I think having you help me create that belief. Is part of the reason why I don't go into that beat up cycle. Right. Like I don't go into because and we also learn this in the life coach school, like beating yourself and shaming yourself I never actually got you where you wanted to go. It never, no actions that come from those emotions ever are useful or productive, even though we really think it is for some right. reason, even though we have accomplished other things that way. For a lot of things, it's just it just no, just no there's a better way and i think so i think i mean honestly like we started working together really early in my business and so i just think you helped me not do that now i'm sure there's opportunity for me to do that in the future right and i belittle i think i do like belittle myself i think sometimes i'm like oh it's oh yeah i guess i did that okay whatever but like like <laughs> i don't know
0: no. And anyway. I think for me, it was one of the reasons I switched from, I, I was like, oh, I'm building a business. I need a business coach. And I started working with a business coach and I worked with her for some time and, and two, and then, and she very aptly pointed out, she was like, you, you have some like other shit going on. That's not business related. She's like, you need to work on that. Like, we're only going to get so far in your business. If you like, you need a life coach or maybe you like you would mm. need some, some therapy or whatever. and so and i was like oh shit so i actually switched over and what's been so fascinating is to see that like i have i have the belief i have in businesses and i think for many of us it's like if we're willing to just have that level of faith and say oh yeah if i work on some of the things in my life it's like the think of how many people come to you right for they want to be right. Again, the people who walk past the chip aisle and they're comfortable, it's just not a problem for them. And what we then also uncover is, well, why would you beat yourself up for being that person? Right. And so we uncover some issues around, you know, worthiness and self-love and this idea of being comfortable in your body, right? Like being the person who says, Oh, I want to be in, you know, size six bikini or I want to, I want to feel good in my body in a bikini on the beach. And then saying, well, that's not actually about bikinis and weight loss. Like there's probably some element there of you not being comfortable in the body that you have in the way mm-hmm. that it is. Right. And loving right. it as is right. And that being available yes. to you today. Right. And so I think for me, for, you know, once I made that switch, I actually stopped working with a business coach and I was like, I'm, I'm right. Like I, and I look at Clifton strengths, and I say, I'm an achiever. I will, I will always go, I will always figure shit out. And I was like, I need to do a little bit more work on the, you know, it's like with Chelsea coming into your business, right? Like Mm -hmm. I need to do a little bit more of that work on the self-love piece and the whole, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, so that was a big shift for me. And I thought, oh, and that's where I've started to see big gains where I'm like, oh, okay, I can go and invest in, you know, programs. I'll go figure out the business end of things. I have no doubt in my mind that that's totally possible. It's the same shit I use. It's the same shit I think you've done, you know, being really good at at like floating in epidurals or being really good at endoscopy or whatever it is that you guys do. It's the same thing for me. I I look at it for like IUD insertion, right? Like getting really good at that. I have no doubt that I can do that. I think that the other piece that's, that really stops a lot of us up is Oh, interesting along this journey, I'm probably gonna have to look at why I don't, right. Why I'm not accountable to myself, why I beat myself up, why Mm -hmm. I tell myself this story, why Mm I, you know, sometimes don't have faith in myself. And because I don't have that like tremendous amount of acceptance for who I am and self-worth. Yeah. That's, I think the bigger piece that's really been uncovered for me. I'm like, Oh, business. I'll figure that shit out. The whole self-love piece Mm. (laughs) Hmm. That's Mm -hmm. there's some work to do there. And that's what I'm doing, you know?
1: Yeah. I do think there's something too, like I was listening to, I don't know if any of the, um, Alex Hormozy's podcast is like so good. And one of the ones he, he recently did was like, if you're building a business and you needed to acquire a new skill or a new set of skills, you need to hire an expert to help you in order to do that as quickly as and efficiently as possible. you need to hire an expert to help you get there. And when you're trying to figure out the self-love piece, when you're trying to figure out the self-worthy piece and like, yeah, loving your body exactly where you are, which uh, hint guys like we aren't hating our way down to our goal weight. like you we need to love our body exactly as it is. Um, and then m- keep moving forward if you decide you want to change It's not a big deal, but just love it as it is. Like, I thought that was super interesting. And I think that's where I actually had like a few big wins is like, I hired you. I hired, you know, somebody to like an expert to help me build my website. I hired an expert to, is that all I've done so far? I feel like I've out, I mean, I've, I've invested in tons yeah, of coach training. But look at Right. You know? I was
0: going to say, look at life coach School. I mean, like that's an investment in developing a skill to manage your mind. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Pay exactly. off in dividends. All right. Look, I know we are. This has been a wonderful conversation. I could probably talk with you for a long time. We can <laughs> chat about all sorts of things. Um, thank you for coming on. If people want to find you, where do they go to find you?
1: My website is weightlossbybrittany.com. And I'm also on Instagram, same handle. I have a Facebook business page as well. And my full name is Brittany Lane Robinson Kolb on Facebook if you just want to be my friend.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. We will link it up. We will link it in the show notes so that uh, everybody can uh, find you and and reach out to you if they want. Um, And then hopefully, too, we'll put in the show notes your current... Um, offerings and and that you have for people in terms of support, if they're interested in going on this journey. cannot I cannot speak enough uh, and highly enough about Brittany and the work that she's doing. It's phenomenal. It's amazing. Some of the best work I've seen, I think, in the the category of weight loss um and permanent weight loss that I think is very sustainable and it's holistic. It's the best approach that I found by far. So um all right.
1: Thank you thank Brittany, you, for coming
0: on. Yes. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. It was so good to have you and uh go find Brittany. She's amazing. Yeah
1: all oh right. I have a podcast too. I forgot weight oh, yeah, loss, for, loss, loss for busy time. CRNA moms. Yeah.
0: Weight loss for busy CRNA moms. Go find it out. <laughs> all right. Good to see you. I will see you soon. Take care. If you're craving more time freedom, just like Brittany, I want to personally invite you to come check us out at Nurses Living the Good Life, where we talk about how to do great work in the world and also do well for ourselves. So come and check us out, www.annconkleicnm.com, and let's get started. Not in a month from now, not in a year from now, let's get going today so you can get clear on what you want, how to use your strengths to your advantage, and to build a business or a life that you love.